0: A Liturgy for Good Friday, the fourth reflection, based on John chapter 19, verses 1 to 16. So having acquitted Jesus of the charge laid against him by the chief priests, Pilate perversely has him flogged. Jesus's time of trial as king of the Jews then intensifies until eventually Pilate hands him over to the worst fate of all, crucifixion. As Jesus is flogged, the Roman soldiers place a crown of thorns on his head and dress him in a purple robe. Probably in ignorance of the background, these detached, jobbing soldiers mock their latest charge. Hail, King of the Jews, they say. In obvious bewilderment, Pilate then presents Jesus to the baying crowd. Behold the man. The irony of that statement resonates down the ages to this very time. John underlines that irony as he goes on to portray Pilate as being truly afraid on hearing the chief priests give voice to the claim that Jesus is the Son of God. Where are you from? he asks. But now Jesus gives no answer. Here we see the full embodiment of John's The Word Made Flesh. When we think back to the source of that expression, the prologue of John's Gospel, We recall that it includes the statement, The world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. Now we behold in this man the true image of the true God, the one who made visible the invisible God, placed in territory belonging to God, but bearing the full force of rebellion from his people. Behold the man the innocent king, the true man, the one who told the truth only to be accused of blasphemy. Pilate addresses the Jewish crowds, here is your king. In response, they cry, crucify him. Pilate asks, shall I crucify your king? To which the chief priests give this perverse reply, we have no king but Caesar. Luke, in his account, underlines this perversity. He makes clear that the initial charge brought by the chief priests to Pilate was that Jesus, in implying he was the Son of Man, was perverting our nation. Having questioned Jesus, Pilate responds to the chief priests by saying he can find no case against him in perverting the people. By switching the word nation with people, Pilate seems to imply that he is denying the chief priests the right to speak for their nation, or worse, that occupied as they are by Roman rule, they are no longer a nation at all. We have no king but Caesar, they cry. Pilate then hands Jesus over to be crucified. In the previous reflections, we have seen how our understanding of various phrases of the Lord's Prayer may be deepened in the lights of our Lord's passion. As we think of Jesus as our King, we recall the phrase, Your kingdom come, your will be done. The latter part of that phrase brings us full circle to Jesus' own words in the Garden of Gethsemane at the very beginning of this whole chain of events. Yet not my will, but yours be done. As we pray, your kingdom come, we express our desire to see the fulfilment of God's sovereign rule here on earth. The theologian Tom Wright puts it like this. As we look up into the face of our Father in heaven and commit ourselves to the hallowing of his name, we look immediately out upon the world that he made and see it as he sees it. Your kingdom come. To pray this means seeing the world, as it were, on a split-screen. We see it with the love of the Creator for his beautiful work. We see it also with the deep deep grief of the Creator for the battered and battle-scarred state which the world finds itself now in, especially now. Putting these two views together, the love and grief join into the Jesus shape, the kingdom shape, the shape of the cross. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. We're praying as Jesus was praying, and acting for the redemption of the world, for the defeat of all that is evil, for earth and heaven to come together at last, for God to be all in all. And if we pray this way, we must of course be prepared to live this way. We must be prepared to pray, make us kingdom bearers. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. We who pray this prayer are ourselves bits of earth, lumps of clay. If we really want God's kingdom to come on earth, we should expect the earth in question to include this earth, this clay, this physical body. Behold the man, Pilate said. Before we have even reached the point of Jesus' crucifixion, we have seen that Jesus, God with us, came to redeem the very depths of human desolation. There is no extreme of physical, mental, or spiritual pain that our Redeemer has not himself experienced. And as we contend with our own pain, placing it along with the pain of the world around the foot of the cross, we recall the wonder of the incarnation we celebrate at Christmas time. In Christ, God became like us in order that we might become like him. To paraphrase St Paul, may Christ, who has opened the kingdom of heaven, bring us to reign with him in glory. To that, it seems only fitting to say in praise, for the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and for ever. Amen. In the silence that follows, gathered as we are at the foot of the cross, by the power and glory of the cross, let us pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Thanks be to God. Amen.